This boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society. I'm here with uh, Samuel Hoover Poppy, who in the book of Breaking Normal is acknowledged as the scribe. And in earlier drafts, uh, funny enough, I'm in my new room in Boulder, Colorado, and that's uh, a big part of this rebirthing of this podcast. We're in a rebirthing right now. Fall hit hard. I let a lot of stuff go, including um, my current understanding, my past understanding of mine and Deanna's relationship. I alluded to this, that I was going to be doing a podcast of, and talking about that topic. That's also happened. Um, I'm going to talk about all these things in this podcast, but right off the start, I'm seeing we have on my new bookshelf in my new room in Boulder, Colorado, where I am now setting roots. I have a few books on my shelf. It's kind of funny. There's three Breaking Normal copies, two of them being the new edition, one being the old edition. And in between that, there's this book called When Lovers Attack, which is something (laughs) that I can relate to. To probably got me me in the place I'm, that I'm currently at, and um, that book is from Seva, who may have done the most radical podcast breaking. Have you listened to that one, Sam? By any chance? I don't think so. Oh, he's like a Kundalini sex master from Sedona, Arizona, and this is his like first published book. And I realized anything I tried to uh, any footage I try to pull from that podcast, it could potentially shut down my Instagram account because it was so all taboo. And uh, that one, I'm just that's a side note. That's a little plug. Check out that episode. And here we are. We're here with the versions of Breaking Normal. The earlier version of Breaking Normal probably noted Sam as the not-so-ghostwriter. And that's something I want to talk about. I want to talk about like that. How, what does that, this not, this relation, this relationship we've had, how it was birthed. I want to acknowledge the rebirthing that I'm going through and very humbly so. And um, I'm in a new season and this is special. And this is also coming off the longest delay of not releasing a podcast episode since I birthed it. I birthed it almost a year ago exactly. And I released like 70 something episodes and they were mostly done either Sunday and or Wednesday. And that was the flow that I was in. And in the midst of me re-finding myself and redefining my relationship with Deanna and co-parenting all of a sudden from different housing situations. Also, my podcast producer, I think, is bit off too much for himself to chew. And I've lost touch with him, like in the same format of working together. So I am, found, I actually got co- plugged to Connor Wonders. I imagine we'll be on each other's show soon enough his producer decided to offer like a five episode experiment and Sam, we're getting to rebirth the breaking normal podcast together and talk about the birthing of the breaking normal book. So do you do an intro before that then when (laughs) listeners hear this? I was so confused. I thought you were doing the intro to the podcast and I was keeping quiet and then I got the sense a few times that I could have jumped in. Oh yeah. So that was, that was the intro. Okay. Yeah. How do you think that intro was? Um, a little long. A little long, yeah. I was wondering if you wanted to say all that. <laughs> I, w- I would I w- not put an intro before that intro. Yeah, okay. Okay, it's good to know. <laughs> Anything else? 
Uh, no, we're doing a podcast. I think that prayer was great. Let's pray for the best. <laughs> oh, that prayer. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, if anyone's read Breaking Normal, and this is something that Sam and I have extensively talked about, is the idea that speaking is praying. So I do believe we're in a continuous state of prayer. But sometimes in certain contexts, I like to acknowledge it. Yeah, and that was a new concept for me as somebody who prefers to write and continually self-edit myself. Yeah. How would you define, how would you intro yourself um, in our, in our partnership, in our relationship, where it came from, where it's at? Man, I would say, well, it started with the Rob Ross, I think. I mean, it started, I was, I had just been like, I think like a lot of people else on YouTube or Facebook at my job and found people that resonated with me and actually there's an edit I would like right there. I would delete resonate. <sighs> that word maybe is overused. I don't want to use it. All right. Yes. Yeah, so Sam has uh, agreed to do this interview <laughs> under the context that it, uh, it's, it may not go live. And I, you, you mentioned something that about that before this interview. What did you? Oh, right it, before? Yeah. Yeah. I, was I said like, it's, it's the possibility that it, that it, this episode will not see the light of day that, is how I can do it, I think. But that's... I just, I, I can be so self-conscious. Well, that, I mean, that, I think that's just really um, inspiring honesty. Because there's something about that that I imagine a lot of people can resonate with. <laughs> Probably. Can you, can, how would you say that again? What What is that? What do you mean? Can you say that one more time? How, what I just said? Yeah. I'm oh, like how the fact that this episode might not actually get published allows me to be a bit more free in my expression and liberate myself from a paralyzing self-consciousness, an overanalyzation of what I say. Yeah. this fear that like now I'm on the record. <laughs> yeah. I bet a lot of people can relate to that. But yeah, so Breaking Normal and the Ghost Rider. Um, yeah, so I started following the Rob Bras and eventually... You know, at first it was just watching videos that had interesting content, but then the way you guys did it in the form of vlogs, it was really about like following you guys around and seeing where you're sprouting up on the globe and what you're up to. Um, and then I think I reached out about a, a retreat initially, like going on one. It was one I, after watching for a while, I, like, I realized it was something I wanted to do and to take a step to make it happen. And I think the retreats, maybe the cost initially, like I found out, I contacted you guys, found out how much a treat was and was like, well, that's not going to happen or I can't do that. So then I was like, what's next? Then I just kept you guys on my radar. And then, uh, and then you kind of were splitting off and doing your own thing and you announced the 10 all in project. And that's when I was like, here's another chance. I'm going to take a shot at contacting this guy and see what happens. Um, and so we did, I contacted you about 10 all in, applied to it. And again, it seemed like that wasn't going to work out for cost reasons and commitment. I didn't know if I had that in me. Um, and that was another kind of letdown, but then it was still just, you're still on my radar. I'll see when the next opportunity comes up. And then I remember that summer was it you were going to McCall. I think you traveled up the West Coast. And when you sprouted up a McCall, that's when I was like, that was a sign because McCall is where my family vacationed as, when we were kids a lot in the summers and winters. Whereas most people from Nebraska would go to Colorado, where we are now, for skiing, you know, and summer activities. So I always thought McCall was cool and special, and that was like my place. My grandpa lived there. So when you were there, 
that was a sign for me. I was like, I felt almost ownership over it. Like I had to contact you again. And when I contacted you then, then the whole possibility of, or like you were then thinking about a book maybe and you knew I wrote. So then that started the discussion about, well, what can we do with that? That's so fun for me to reflect on. And yeah, so 10 all in, if the Rob Ross was, was and is an online movement of my brothers and I getting people more into because like... Because this podcast could be deleted, I would edit you there. <laughs> okay, <laughs> tell me, tell me, please. Yeah, just over-explaining. They'll find out. Rob Ross is out there. Like, okay, Rob Ross, yeah. Until, look, yeah. So Rob Ross, look into Rob Ross. There you go. I like that. Keep the mystery alive because <laughs> the mystery is alive. And then um, with Tenal Lin was when the Rob Ross was like, yeah, the Rob Ross might be going in there's three of these brothers and they might be going in three different directions in a way. And Rob Ross might not be what it used to be. And Daniel, myself, I'm like, well, what am I going to do? And I sitting in JP's office in Charleston, South Carolina, this 10 all in idea was birthed. It was sitting kind of a lot like we were sitting right now. I was in a time that was a lot like I'm in now very raw. Like I wouldn't be surprised if my next idea that I go all in on gets sprouted from this conversation. <laughs> Just saying. It could. And not just, but I said just saying. Uh, you Give can say like just sometimes. I allow just. I think it's a necessary word. <laughs> I agree. I feel that way sometimes too, but I'm like, it's a slippery slope. <laughs> and it could be an excuse. Like, am I really, is it really, is it really? Anyways, just is one of the books in the, uh, one of the words in Breaking Normal. Over explaining. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> I'm giving you snaps. I'm giving you snaps. Where? Oh yeah. So ten all in. The idea was to get ten people for a one year, like to go all in on pursuing their passion and multiplying their investment by ten. <laughs> so getting paid to pursue their passion, big time, and going all in on that, and and opening ten slots. And the first experience, and it was like a very all-in experience. This was where not only Breaking Normal was birthed, but it's where my partnership with Frank J and where International Tribe Design was birthed and many other things, many other things. But the very first experience was in McCall, Idaho. And yeah, I remember I, yeah, I remember you sending, at one point you sent a writing, like a sample. Yeah. I was highly... That that definitely if we're you know we met Jeff the previous guest yeah. on the Breaking Roll podcast about uh, just have to check that episode out check it check it check it we went to his property today and um, we we were talking about he's a fisherman he loves like fly fishing is pa is his passion so much he thinks it's the best thing he can do is for his clients is him going fishing and you definitely got a good hook there that I want to. Like when you sent me a sample. Oh, you want me to do that hook? No, no, no. Whatever you. I'm just saying, like, as, oh, an, yeah. as a way you were saying you were experimenting with different ways of reaching out to me, and I've experimented with different ways of reaching out to different people too. Yeah. And it's like I want to reflect on what you did to maybe inspire oh, yeah. me, like someone like Wim Hof. We've been in conversation, like, or him and his son. Like, how can we do something? And things have almost happened, almost happened, almost happened. I'm like, what would be a good, like, a good hook? Uh huh. Yeah, I don't know how I... It was an intense email. I remember that. <laughs> you sent like a sample of what you would write about. Yeah, I did. Because I, I was working on kind of an autobiographical piece then, uh, or a life story. And I think I sent you part of that. But it was all in an email. Like it was a letter. I think I write letters pretty well. Yeah, you do. You do. 
and anyways, we decided, like, long story short, after many c- communications, we pretty much exchanged the investment in Tenolin, which would have been like $25,000, I think, over the year for... <laughs> dropping numbers. <laughs> Is that, I think that, yeah, yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah, it was. Um, and in, in exchange, we just worked out where you were the not and, and like kind of oh, yeah. so we not waved, so yeah. ghostwriter. We waived your fee for we that. We did labor and it was a it was gift exchange actually. Yeah, gift economy, gift economy. Before, That's been a big topic. Before, yeah, Raj Lahoti. And you know what? I wanted to talk about one thing. You asked me that I you were saying I hope you're making money with the Breaking Normal book. Yeah, I do. Raj, actually, and anyone that's listening to this that hasn't listened to the episode about the king magician of the gift economy, Raj Lahoti, I tell a very personal story about how he's gifted large amounts of financial gifts. Because in the original hook with Raj was I gave him a draft of Breaking Normal oh. before he took a flight to Bali. Yeah. And then allegedly he, he made a video to me. Right, he made a video to me uh, talking about how he's going to invest in me or invest in Breaking Normal, and then he d- he didn't send that to me. Why not? Bro, I, let's just say he oh. gave himself the same freedom you're giving yourself right now. He didn't send it to me. Okay. Then the day my rent was due for like my dream place in Indiana, I was like seven months pregnant, uh-huh. and I thought rent was due the next day, and I was still like basically waiting for a miracle he showed and, up uh, that day he showed up and and instead gifted started gifting like a, a crazy king magician and the, he, the original hook was the breaking normal draft that's cool i didn't know that yeah and that's a great episode for anyone to check out if you're looking to really understand the golden thread of breaking normal and what's happening here yeah it was in colorado it was in telluride when was that's when i interviewed him Oh, okay. He came out when we were with Tom Shadiak. And I say that as a, like, uh, that is a plug of someone I'm, like, proud to know. But also because he's a very special human being for this mountain film festival. And Telluride's a very special place. And Colorado's a very special place. It is. This is your kind of, like, initial experience from your current perspective. What's your, what's been your experience so far of us being together here in Colorado? Well, you flew me out, number one. Flew me out to Colorado. We uh, stayed a night in a beautiful property. This house up in, what's the town? Carbondale. Outside of Carbondale, a great ranch with a view of the mountain that you now love. Actually, I would edit love. I feel like you're not there yet. But you do, you're very attracted to this mountain. Sopris, yeah. Um, and then we did a hot springs that night. And then we, today, went to the town and had breakfast and then went to the Vapor Caves, which are also very cool. And then now we're back in Boulder. And that's another reason I'm doing the podcast, not only because it might not be published, but because it's like you wined me and dined me. (laughs) I did. You did. I did, actually. Yeah, this whole, yeah, I'm in a, and I love doing it. I love doing it. That's cool. I'm glad I did it. Yeah, I was thinking about our relationship um, outside before when I was reminded of smoking is praying, which I remember, which I really initially learned in Montana during our stint there. I went to the Bozeman, the Bozeman like museum and learned a little bit about the natives that were in that land before, and they they believe smoking is praying. 
smoking is like the reminder of evoking. Yeah, you mentioned the smoke that trickles up and how that's like a smoke signal to a higher power. Yeah. Which I thought yeah. was a fascinating idea. <laughs> yeah, it is. It kind of goes, if you watch smoke, it goes somewhere that I can't, that I can't, that yeah. I haven't been able to see specifically like that I see you right now. Right. Where's it going? I don't know. It's one I, w- I wouldn't take literally that idea, but it is a good one. To, to yeah, our words are the same way. That energy from my mouth is the same exact way. Whether I'm breathing or speaking, what's the, and I can I can breathe in all kind of creative ways. I was out there thinking, <laughs> like, what what is it so unique? And I was thinking, like, you, since you, especially since now I learned that you don't like the holding space. You hold space <laughs> for me to um, to remember how special my gift is. And that's it's someone that I want to wine and dine. No, that's good. You said one thing. You, it was, there was a hilarious moment in one of the retreats where it's where t- the exercise, uh, this is working for you and this isn't working for you, or what's working for you and what's not. Um, I think I remember you saying I was in the center, so I was like the you know the center of attention. And part of the whole exercise is that the things you're saying about another person kind of reflect a belief about yourself. Um, and what you said is that, and it was extra funny because I was in a relationship of uh, not like you were a mentor, but I was working for you. Basically, like I, I, I was writing, working on the book, and had approached you initially as a fan. So there was that dynamic. But what you said was, my talent or something or what I was good at is recognizing greatness. Did you say that? <laughs> and it was funny because, because <laughs> I was asked like I was out there for you, and it was in front of other people. But I thought about it afterwards. I was like, yeah, I think I've like, I got a good eye for, for, I was going to say winners, but that's not the right word. Like, yeah, right. Just see and affirm what inspires me. I don't know. I have good taste. (laughs) Yeah. I, um, I definitely recall this experience. In a, in a way, I'm not. It's a little challenging for me to describe how I recall it. But what I what I will say is that I imagine that was pre, that was a courageous act for me to tell you that, because <laughs> I I knew <laughs> how it looked. Yeah, and I really meant it. That's good, because I believe I have the same gift. I believe I have a gift of um. I believe I have a gift of seeing, of being aware of when a geyser is going to peak. Like when the yeah, geysers you, are coming, when the geyser is coming, when the yeah. geyser is getting ready to surface yeah, or surfacing. But especially before it surfaces, I feel like I have a, um, and, I've, and I say that, were you at Yellowstone? I agree that's true, but I'm thinking of the time we waited like two hours for one to go off. <laughs> You mean at that crazy Yellowstone spot and it yeah, did go off? It did go off. And how rare was that that it went off? I don't know. It was apparently ultra rare. <laughs> and that was during sunset yeah. in Yellowstone. I think there was somebody who'd been sitting there like since over, not overnight, but a long really time. early in the morning. And, and we were there in the off, evening. And it went off. That was, that, that kind of stuff gets me off. That got <laughs> me. That It really, yeah. 
So I have, I believe I recognize that. And I believe I recognize that in ta- culture and people and, and nature, culture, people, and nature. And in myself included, I'm including myself in all three of those things. I'm part of culture and people and nature. We sort of moved on from this point, but I was thinking too how you were the ability to laugh at your own jokes reminded me of a shirt I or a shirt I saw on the city streets recently. This guy was wearing a shirt that said, "Training to get abs by laughing at my own jokes." Wow, that's a good one. It was funny. I do not think he had abs. <laughs> yeah, my abs are coming through more than ever lately. <laughs> <laughs> and I want I say that to let to laugh at my own joke. Oh, Ryan's going for a drink. Yeah, she's going for a zipper. Sure. Timothy made a joke today. Timothy, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell y'all the message. I'm gonna actually read this, especially because now Araya's move here is giving feedback and we're making jokes about abs. This is definitely Rob Ross style. Timothy made a joke about abs to me in my Instagram. I'm gonna read it to you right now. He says I mean I he didn't say it was a joke. I took it as a joke. Let me know if you think it says a joke. This is I, a text message you sent he, you? He sent me an Instagram message today. Okay. I saw that someone commented one of your recent videos about Araya being too skinny. I feel like you should make it a priority in your life to feed her enough food so her ribs or muscles aren't showing. Whoa. I don't know <laughs> if that's a joke or not. Or if he was <laughs> quoting what somebody commented on. No, because he said that's you should joke. make it a priority. It is a joke. I think it's a joke. Especially I mean, the should. Come on. Yeah. I can even I'm intimidated by Timothy too, but because and then when I when if I would ever like mention that he's a really funny guy, I agree. I think at heart he's very funny. I agree. So in all that, through my letting go of I, that's one thing I was telling Sam about the the to to sprinkle in my current status with Deanna. I was on the car ride back from Carbondale today. I was saying I really have learned about to really, I mean, this, I've heard this in like songs and metaphors and myths to love something is to also let it go. Yeah. Or there's a correlation or there's like another level, level of love by being able to love something and let it go. And I think Deanna and I have both come to a place where we've let go of our old understanding of our relationship. That's where we're at. And that's, man, that's been scary. It's, ooh, so scary. So scary. So, and traumatizing, emotionally traumatizing yeah. and enlightening and raw and like I feel like you know I was saying recognizing geysers I'm like there's a geyser like if someone's watching a geyser or oh, just to think so yeah I'm like I, I'm gonna once again you are a geyser um, it might sound like I know people could sound this could sound weird but I feel like I'm about to like if you're into watching geysers watch me yeah there's like a new rebirthing happening I think so or I think it could be but here's where I feel like saying I was, something earlier reminded me but don't brand it too early. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's all I want to say just to kind of connect the metaphor to how it relates to me at this moment. You said how you get off on like the, you know, no timing of geysers and just reading the landscape and seeing what's anticipating in a way what's going on or recognizing below what's readily apparent. Um, I wonder if, you know, sometimes you can get distracted by synchronicities and and labels early on. I think I asked you that earlier, but in a less like direct or relevant yeah, way. Yeah, this now I get what you were asking earlier more than ever. Because I think I experience it too, like in the excitement of creation when ideas are coming. This is kind of what ends up 
like can paralyze me a little bit is is rushing to the end too soon or thinking about what it's going to be or what it or what it even is at least you've reflected that to me a little bit i immediately think back to our uh, the highlight canyon oh the hike yeah yeah that's some like a major part of experience uh creating breaking normal with you to me for me and this is we're kind of golden threading this back. If you think you can add clarity for any anyone that might be listening to this, if if this goes, God, live. no, I can't. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> I won't. I won't. That's a good subtle upgrade right there. There's, there's a lot of like subtle references to the book Breaking Normal right now. But if you didn't say the bad way, well, I'm not. I don't want to you on you. If I didn't say the the less optimal way first, I can't then the I won't wouldn't have had as much. You wouldn't have seen the, the difference. Potentially. Potentially. Beauty in the process. Yeah. Well, what happened was we the, the way that we started this project, other than the McCall event, was like we were going to spend a month together in Montana at the, one of the greatest places I can find. The most inspired. I want to live in the most inspired way. That was actually the... Yeah, intention. I think you've lived in the most inspiring places for the last ten years. Like, <laughs> well, this I was reflecting on what we did today, these last two days. I'm like, God, this is his everyday life. <laughs> He's hot springs, like beautiful scenes, meeting people, following up on little coincidences, seeing where they go. There you go, making making my I'm making myself feel special around you again, <laughs> and and because it's true, like that's there's something about the ability for you to speak. I, I almost seem – it seems like sometimes what I'm experiencing is ineffable, and you have a way of speaking about it in a way I'm that I think it. the speak the, pe- the people can understand. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if I believe that, but thanks for saying it. Um, but that reminded me too um, – I forget what you said just then, but along with like the the hot springs, the beautiful scenery, having like that kind of life – it also comes with a level of precariousness and living at the edge that part of like our working together has helped me realize or just accept is I wouldn't live so far on the edge as you. I don't think, I think I like my hole sometimes, my safety. Yeah. Okay. That's a good topic. That, I mean, that's a big thing in my life. Um, I've had so many good friends that I think were so inspired by the, what I was doing. Including, I mean, I am my, myself. I'm inspired too. I'm inspired by my life, <laughs> but they definitely. I don't know if I recommend it for many people. I don't know how to recommend it. I don't know even how to recommend it. And secondly, um, they I've people have joined me on journeys as you mm-hmm. did for a month yep. in Montana and beyond, and in many other places, yeah. and including this weekend. But it does seem like it's a little. A, a borderline like it could be very hard on the other person I think I do have a unique my my dharma my soul code my whatever we want to call it does seem to be easily in line with this like a nomadic lifestyle and it's interesting I just decorated my room myself mm-hmm Oh, you did? Yeah, this is part. Did you have these pictures? I won't. No, no, man. The only oh, picture. Wow. Yeah, yeah. This is new. This was for the podcast. Nice. So I was gonna do a video for the podcast, but Sam was not. That was a no for him. So I was like, okay, okay. So what I got here. <laughs> what, um, 
for anyone the next episode or whenever I do film this or maybe it's just for myself I've it hasn't it's been a long time since I bought posters I feel like I'm like in high school in a way but I got these cool I mean Sam would you I like want to, that bear poster but I don't think my wife would ever sign off on it yeah there's a bear there's a unicorn there's a wolf and there's a moose all animals of nature they all are quite roaming like, probably quite at home at roaming. What I was thinking about with the bear in particular, because I've been thinking about bears. I thought I was going to, I imagine one coming after me when I went to the car a few minutes ago. Um, how much of their lives animals spend in silence. Like, you do a day of silence once a week sometimes, or that was part of your 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 routine when I was That's with you. That's been part of my protocol at times right. since Davina, much more unique, if ever. Yeah. Oh, I'm curious to hear about how that, works with with Davina because I've been curious about doing a day of silence but on the weekends I'm like spending so much time with Theo and Lila well Hollis Carter the guy the baby bathwater guy above boxcar racer um he does a he does that he does a day like a very like a day off everything or something and I was like wow I was like I just found that super and that he just he's so laid back but he seemed pretty like oh yeah I do that once a week I was like, well, any any comparant? Any comparant? Yeah, well, he's when he does a day of silence, does he have kids? Um, I don't think he has kids. Oh no, because I was curious how you like if when you have if you have Davina. Yeah, I don't, I'm like wondering if I've ever done a, day, do a day of silence with a Davina. Yeah, that would be really hard. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Would be really hard, or there'd be a big mess. That's an interesting. That has been a game changer. But long story short, if anyone's never done a day in silence, it's really easy. You can do it tomorrow, and the payoff could be like, whoa. Yeah, even, yeah. I almost feel like sometimes like I have to take a deep, like I did a few days when we were in Montana. Um, and it was like I, a day of silence, I would catch myself needing to take a full deep breath and like bottom out. It was like I needed the air or something, like not speaking, being cut off from my surroundings in that way. But then animals, like minus ones like birds that chirp a lot. Like, think how much time they spend in silence every day. And even, like, when a bear rubs up on a tree, if it grunts to itself, like, that's still pretty, like, silent, I think. <laughs> like, I don't think it registers, like, its own noise as much. Like, it's... Have you ever I mean, registered a, that silent and listen are spelled with the same letters? Oh, no, but I, <laughs> there's you getting distracted by a synchronous. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to make sure I wanted to say one more thing about Deanna and myself. I do think, I do want to, once again, in the context of like, this is a part of me explaining that. And then you brought that up and then like thinking about other people. Deanna has cur- braved a lot because like my natural flow and like she's been a master at acclimating but i do think she hit a a breaking point like it was time for her you know you said sometimes you like your whole yeah it was time it was time for, and i think it is rightfully so time for to us to get a home but especially because davina is at a time where she's becoming so mobile and verbal it's like long car rides and all the traveling. It seems unnecessary, especially if you're in an awesome place like Boulder, Colorado. So, yeah, that's a, also a major thing that I think was a a polarity. Oh, oh, where are we at? 32, 32. What happened? Just little chords. I'm like oh. a little too... 
We might leave that in there or not. What's that sound? I know what. All right, anyway. Oh, gosh. Oh, I'm going to do something. I'm going to get this away from my foot. Please, please. All right, all right, all right. So if this happened on a podcast you were listening to, would you get really mad? I don't know. The way I'm handling it, I might be inspired by it, but then I might just also be a narcissist or something. <laughs> Potentially. Um, so I do want to honor Deanna and say that I want to also confess that it was probably like a major part of the polarity and and it might be more two-sided than we both realize, but I was probably leading the train of like, whoa, just like... <laughs> So be potentially being distracted by synchronicity. Right. Potentially, yeah. And also many miracles along the way. Yeah. So that's a, a notable topic. Yeah, it's it's interesting how you how people work out each person having dreams and part of pursuing dreams means following up on synchronicities, but it can kind of pull other people. You know, like being in the car with you, if if you need to go off and like something strikes your fancy like going for a spring to find something like that can it's kind of like one of those practical everyday things that sprout up like you mentioned with group living of having enough kitchen space or multiple kitchens or bathrooms like you know beware of how you're making other people go along with your dream and vice versa and well and there we go back to the animals on the wall (laughs) that's a benefit of having your own bedroom you can put up your pictures yeah, do those bring up anything for you? I'd be curious. I mean, I feel like a unicorn, a, a bear, a wolf, and a moose could bring up a lot for a lot of people. I mean, both of our daughters love unicorns right now. There you go. I'll go back and forth. Let's go back and forth on this a little bit. <laughs> back and forth on this? Yeah. Oh, okay. I look at that moose, and I think that it reminds me of an elephant. Because I think that... <laughs> Many people think, for instance, that the the like crocodiles or lions would be the biggest killers in Africa, but in reality, it's hippos, and then elephants are the main killers in the world. They, I think, elephants kill more people in the world than any other animal. Really? And I think moose, like mosquitoes. Uh, uh, yeah, like mosquitoes are a bug. Mosquitoes are a bug. Okay. So animal, like ma- like an animal with a heart. Yeah. Anyways, that but we can go to different categories of. Cl- I used to study. Yeah, we're biology. jumping around. This is like good editing, yeah. where you don't delete the edits. <laughs> yeah. But so I think of the moose in the same way. I think like oh, most people would look at this wall and think like the wolf or the bear is more dangerous. I think the most dangerous animal on this wall is that moose, by far. Actually, I would think that unicorn because if you see a unicorn, then. You're in deeper water than <laughs> you might have known. There's there's way more out there. I like that. That's what came up for me, the moose. No, still the bear. There's something about bears. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, a mad... Yeah, I, I think moose are more dangerous than people think. And I don't know the statistics on it all, but... Right. Yeah. I'm sure the moose is statistically maybe more dangerous. I could imagine that being the case. And more of a... It's more like I think it would be more protecting itself. It's almost like I feel more in safety. I, I might feel more. This is interesting. This, I, you, the, red, the red book here. I got something. Interesting angle. This is an interesting. I'm doing a little self psychoanalysis in front of my not ghost, not ghost, not so ghost writer. So if you can help me out with this a little bit, 
I'm having a breakthrough on myself. I think I that I think the moose is the most dangerous because it has this. Um, it, it would be doing it. It's, it would be dangerous to me because it's protecting itself. Whereas, I think the bear and the wolf are more dangerous. They to me because they would be a, like um, they're more predatory. They're more like, and I think I understand predators better than I understand someone that's just trying to protect themselves. Mm, that's interesting. That's just happened to me right now. So you, because presumably you are a predator or see yourself as one. Good question. So uh, something about an, an animal, especially the size of a moose with those antlers, that's just trying to protect itself in a mm-hmm. way scares me more than like, I feel like when I told you I had this bear experience in Aspen, <laughs> I had three bear experiences in a row and back to back to back. And I talked about this with my previous episode with Jeff, who you met Jeff today. How was your meeting with Jeff today, the previous Breaking Room Podcast guest? It was great. Jeff's a cool guy. I and agree. he's a Nebraskan. I was glad to meet him. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. I think the big thing is a is a big thing. Like his book well, is coming, the topic, the idea is a big thing. Yeah. I think it's a big thing. I so. think uh, definitely after meeting him, I'm like... You guys are. actually will be on the lookout for that. <laughs> yeah, look out for that geyser that could continuously erupt. That is continuously erupting, but maybe in new ways. But either way, like, yeah. Regardless of how it does or what happens, I think I just think he's a good dude. I agree. So I I went to his event, the Game Changer Summit. Three nights I stayed in Aspen. Three nights I had bear experiences. Okay, I thought you were moving away from animals for a <laughs> No, bit. no, I'm going back to the bear. And when I ran into that, I ran into a mama bear, and it was like I understood me and that mama bear. My understanding of that, we were both offended. We were both offended in a healthy way. We both put up a boundary right away, and it was like you're not my prey, and I'm not your prey. Like what the fuck are you doing this close to me? And I feel like me and that mama bear both thought that. I don't know what a moose would think. I'm like, it's more like I'm just. I know you could do anything and I'm not here to do anything with you, but I feel like in a, someone that's in that state of fear or something that's in that state of protectiveness is more dangerous to me. Or maybe it's more scary because you, you wouldn't being eaten by a bear would be one thing. And if that's the way you're going out, then that's, that's that. But you can maybe like, at least maybe you'll be feeding its cubs. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. Damn. This would be an edit. I think. Isn't no, yeah. I think that was a safe. That was out of all the ways to use a you. I mean, because I, I think it was more like a. That was more oh, like a, a poetic. Like, uh, well, why'd you want to edit it? Oh, just any um, whiff of laughing at others' misfortunes. Oh, you don't like? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, that, I took it more as a fairy tale. Okay, personally, right. And then it, yeah, myth. that's how it's it started. And then like to me, it was all a myth. In describing it, it became more literal. And then suddenly, like uh, oh no, shit, no. I'm oh, a little yeah. bit further out on this yeah, branch. I than agree I to be. that you may have done that. You may have crossed that boundary uh-huh. a little bit. But anyway, getting back to the moose, then oh, so getting eaten by a bear that'd be one thing. But going out for an animal defending itself against you when you do not see yourself as a threat, or when you believe in your core that you are not a threat to this other thing. That would be because there'd be a sense of injustice in the universe as you're make at your demise if a there moose is stomping you, you out, man. and that would be a really uh, overpowering feeling. Like I wouldn't know how to handle that. 
that's a um that is that is personally hitting it home also with the experience with Deanna in a way. <laughs> he gave me a signal look at it. I thought it was, it's metaphorical enough. It's my own myth that I'm just like taking it up. I'm like, wow. I think that's when the lovers attack. When lovers attack. I might need to read that book. I know Seva. Seva's a great guy. I haven't read the yeah. book yet. I read part. It, the one part we talked about. Oh, shit. The one part of the book we talked about in the episode. We, me and you? No, me and Seva when I interviewed oh. him was Don't Poke the Bear. Really? Yeah. Damn it. Bears are going to be too synchronous. I'm going to have to drop them. <laughs> as, as me. No, actually, that's. Yeah. The place I interviewed him at, too, um, in Sedona, was this very. That tr- that path I was telling you about, allegedly, there was a goat. Mm-hmm. A goat. The next door neighbor had a goat that was dying, so this rare incidence of a bear came down and, and ate took the, the, goat. B- the goat. And then they were like, it was like in the window, the kitchen window, like the bear was like roaming around their house in the kitchen window in Sedona, which is like not normal. That's not normal. They have a picture of that bear in their window, and they have that on their wall. Was this like before or after it ate the goat? Uh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know that. I don't know that detail. Or when it was taking a break. Yeah, that's that's nature, man. Yeah, there's a freaking there's in nature apparently where a place where I resided for a while and interviewed Seva about when lovers attack. I was staying in a place where there was a bear that came down from the mountains to eat a goat that was dying. (laughs) And life's crazy. Yeah, life is crazy. Um, and then in Montana, we were in a very berry place. Apparently, I don't think we ever saw any. No, I was disappointed. We only saw a black bear, like from the car. That's right. Maybe like. But we were in grizzly territory there. Yeah, I was about to share. No, I was. I was for a moment going to share a dream that involves a bear. Please. From as a kid. Please do. But dreams bore other people so much. They actually would say, uh, Deanna, for instance, that would be the most relevant thing you could say. Yeah, and it just so happens that we share a. Share uh, an audience, friendship, companionship, synergy, tribe, and uh, I imagine a lot of people that love Deanna are listening to this too, and then they probably they might be even following her dream course right now. They might want to know about your dream. I'm, I might want to know about your dream. Okay, well, this dream, it was it was like a backyard party for me. I think it was at my house in the backyard, and we were being like some other kids were running through the sprinklers, and then an adult comes out the door and calls the kids in to have cake or something like that. And so all the kids go inside and I find myself out in the backyard, my own backyard by myself in the sprinklers. And then my neighbors, there was a fence separating our yards, but in this dream, like either the fence disappeared or the fence wasn't there. And a bear just came from their yard and walked up to me and sniffed me or something. And I think I had my eyes closed in the dream. Like I'm sure I closed my eyes and just felt this thing come up and sniff me and move off. And that was kind of the end of the dream. But I don't know if it was a recurring one that I had a few times or why it stuck with me. But but it did. And what do you think the did. first time you had that dream was? I don't know. Five. What's so fast? Oh, kid. Right, right when I looked down at the time, it was 44, 44. You know, I have a thing about numbers. <laughs> right when I was going to pick up this red book with Car- about Carl Jung that you mentioned, Carl Jung that you mentioned. The red book. Um, I've, I told Sam before this interview that I've been wanting to take notes 
during my interviews, and I didn't feel aligned with using a phone. And there so happens to be a little red book in my bag, I think, from the event that I did with Jeff. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that's so funny. Man, I'm going to read what I have. The only thing that I have written in this red book. This is So this is something I was doing, a project. I was starting to work on it, Jeff's event. And this was so left in my bag from the previous interview. And I was like, I'm going to start taking notes with my red book. I was like, red book? That's a great That's a great thing, the red book. And then Sam informed me that's one of Carl Jung's works or a work about him. I think it's, it's his autobiography, I think. So with Carl Jung, if I'm not mistaken, he probably has a thing about numbers and dreams. He might. <laughs> though I don't want to encourage that in you at all. <laughs> Just because you're so strong in that direction, my little my little comments won't. I love what's happening. You're set I love on what's it. happening. So here I am, like sitting in this chair that I imagine came from IKEA. It looks like, <laughs> and IKEA was in this place. And then I that I saw this person there. <laughs> IKEA, is a Scandinavian company. Oh, where's Carl Jung from? Is he Swiss, Switzerland? Swiss, Swiss or no? I don't even know. Anyway, anywho, and here you are talking about this dream all of a sudden, and I feel like um um, have you heard of a family constellation? constellation kind of like a, they know, like a family constellation type of therapy man no. there's this thing that one person brought to our event this lady that has a retreat center in patagonia that she came to our event in um hawaii we might do an event in her place in patagonia coming up but she came to uh, our event in hawaii and she facilitated a family constellation and what it is is like three people stand together and you would be at one point the son i would be the dad another person would be the mom and then we switch those roles. Are these people actually family members? No. no oh, okay. They're just people from the event. Okay. And, so it's not like a mom you, trading you place. You are informed. That this is the identity that you are embodying. So I might arrive and be told then that like I am the, the son or the So if the you're the son, if you're right now, if you're in the kid's place, then I'm your dad. I could be your dad or mom, and this other person could be your dad or mom. Okay. Wow. And then she kind of guides this very honest conversation and it is like <laughs> straight up like channel like all the all the mystical stuff going on and, and you I, did this exercise yeah i did this what were you all, all three i was doing I was, oh, yeah I did. they rotated mm -hmm. yeah it was deep what was it like being the child awesome I mean, the whole thing was just like such a trip <laughs> such a trip i was imagining like i don't know how this exercise goes but if it's if being a child if you feel like not having enough words to say what you're feeling if that somehow the exercise well it sounds like that might have been a part of your childhood <laughs> yeah. if I'm going to sit here with my little red book <laughs> probably and that's good to know that might yeah. be a part of a lot of people's childhoods I imagine I imagine too especially with the language barrier yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so here I am with this little red book. Yeah, we're going to read something. Talking about the dreams. I am going to read it. <laughs> I am going to read it. I just wanted to make a note that we're All about right. to talk about that dream once I first read what the only thing I've written in this book. Okay. Actually, there's something else written in this book on the no, other side. Editing. Now I'm realizing, oh, I see. This is, okay, I see. <laughs> this this is the you exercise. Realize. What this I'm supposed to do with this. Okay. There's this part of me that's like my the big thing self. The myself, my highest self that's in alignment with my biggest thing. And then there's the shadow side of this. Oh. <laughs> this is interesting. Do you want me, I, I'll read both. If I, I, this is what I wrote down during his event. I'm not even going to. I'll just read it. 
Okay. But do you, so this is some transparency for you that, which I love. Do you, which one do you think I want to read first? Shadow or like, I'm afraid you're losing your audience. <laughs> I don't want you to be, they can't see the notebook. So, but anyway, I would guess, so it's whether you want to read your big thing or your shadow. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Um, you probably want to read both. I know. Which one first? <laughs> which one do I want to hear first? Sure. Oh, we'll go with the good. Okay. Good first. Wow. You're like a French man. I want the, the bad ending. <laughs> Chief alchemist, powerful, present, playful, loving leader, disciplined, heart centered, unity, service, gratitude. There's probably questions that cued, but I'm just giving them what I wrote. Family, humanity, soul, music, art, meditation, always loves and listens, poetic power, focus, soul medicine. Past the summit. That was a good ending. Past the summit. Uh, this is just so weird for me to read. I feel like we're in the wow. That was like a different me, and that wasn't too long ago. That was when I was hanging out with the bears. Oh yeah. Now you ready for the other one? Mm-hmm. It says too good for this. <laughs> Skeptical, neurotic. Oh, like you have the idea that you're too good for whatever's going uh, yeah, on. Yeah, I, too good I wish. A part of me wishes I knew the questions, but I, I actually enjoy the mystery, which I am at the right. mystique. This is actually mystique. And this is cool that that lone wolf is up on my wall because too good for this. It starts with skeptical, neurotic, lone wolf. Serious, judgmental, pretentious. I can't, it's challenging for me to read this part. Nine, eight, four, wait. People are sheeple. They are out to get us. <laughs> control, 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 all in caps. Yeah. Thinking thoughts around feelings. Fairness, in quotes. Superstitious praying. Disconnected from parents. Stress. Go till feels good. That's an interesting one. That's something I was thinking about today, too. Because you had coffee in chai tea. I think you had two shots of espresso in chai tea. And then we went to another coffee place, and you had more coffee. You no, know, so I, I had a dirty chai at the first place. Which is chai tea and coffee yeah, yeah, or espresso yeah, shots. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I, then, I, uh, yeah I just wanted to – I can clarify. I'm, oh, okay. I, I understand. You, yeah, you know, I was having, go ahead, go ahead. No, I think you do – what's the – you said it go until it feels – Good. Go till it feels good, I wrote. Okay. Yeah, I was wondering myself today if you would go till it feels too good. Or like <laughs> – yeah, because when you start combining, you know, caffeine and or beer, and then tobacco or nicotine and and marijuana, like yeah, I've thought about this. I've it's probably because I've noticed myself sometimes like chasing a certain feeling that as soon as I realize I'm chasing it, that's like the game's over. Like I I I kind of know that what I'm chasing isn't. I'm not getting any closer. It's one of those uh, mm, like the like the, fin- the, receding finish lines kind of thing. Like the dog in the tail. Yeah. Yeah, but it's so fun to chase the tail. <laughs> but isn't that that's an interesting thing with the, like a dog train? Like if you if your dog chases tail, would you want to stop it or do you do you let it continue? I'd probably let it continue. I think I did. <laughs> continue. There. I think I haven't seen her ride chase her tail too much. There has been times when she had like poop on her butt or something, and she was yeah. trying to eat it off, and I was like, I'll stop that. I'll help yeah. her out with that. But I haven't seen her chase her tail for fun. Yeah, 
chasing your tail for fun. Yeah, I have a I have a lot of like URLs and book titles. <laughs> a lot of URLs purchased and book titles like noted. Yeah. But I like that one, chasing your own tail for fun. It, it reminds me of um that I never read the book, but I hope they serve beer in hell. Yeah. Did you ever read that book? No. Me neither. But I was just thinking your title, Chasing Your Tail for Fun, could easily be switched to Chasing Tail for Fun. <laughs> and that reminded me of, I think I was thinking of that book, I Hope They Serve Beer in Hell. You were. You were thinking of that book when I said that. Yeah, because it would be, be like be, that be, kind of before like... Before I said that I was thinking of it, you were thinking of it? Yes. <laughs> now, you know, I don't think I'm getting distracted by synchronicity here. No, maybe not. But that, that book... I think that's, something's ha- that's something to pay attention to. How maybe, would we, or that book, that Hope They Serve Beer and Hell book is was so big at the time it came out and so attention-grabbing with its... So that now anytime you think of a book that's like a man telling of his exploits, like that's kind of the banner for it, that book. Interesting. Would you, would you consider my my partnership with all the different plants in one day a... Um, what you call it? A... You say exploit or a no? It's exploit. You said something like you're chasing the feeling. No, the the um, expose. I thought you said a word about. Well, how did you describe his experience of that book? The author's experience of that book. Oh no, yeah, exploits was that? exploits. I think you okay. said exploits. Would you consider my <laughs> your judgment and my partnership with the variety of plants an exploit? No. Um... I wouldn't say exploit. I was. I would say more like maybe even I noticed in the salt caves today, how uh, or not the salt caves, the vapor caves. You were doing the breathing, and I felt a little like I had a little bit of judgment about it because other people were in there too. And right when we walked in, they shushed you like somebody. Somebody, somebody from the other, other cave I like shushed you because you were talking me. a little. You were talking regular voice, yeah. and the sign did say like no loud talking. Oh, in the I did not see that sign. Oh, okay. And the sign said no loud talking. I, 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 there, that could be if I was going to psychoanalyze myself. I think I've learned not to look at signs. Probably <laughs> on purpose because man, I be careful what you look at. Yeah, true. Um, and so that that started us. That happened right when we got in the caves, and then you know, you and I split up and went to our separate spots, and I could hear you doing your breathing exercise, <laughs> and I was like, kind of, well, I was doing my own kind of med thing. I was like wondering if I was going to hear any like sighs of disgruntlement from other people in the caves, and I was like, you know, but th- like, good on Dan for, like, being willing to be weird and do what he wants to do regardless of what's going on, but also it's a public shared space, and it could be messing up somebody's meditation. <laughs> oh, but I. How do we get on that? Something about your exploits. Yeah, oh, yeah I was because yeah. you said you. you oh, you inabil- his inability book. to sit still and just not be doing anything. You had to be making progress or like <laughs> upping the experience more. But that is one thing you're really good at is combining, you know, modalities or two different things and heightening the experience where the sum of the the sum is greater than synergy. Yeah. Synergy. So before we went to our friend's ranch, I sent her a, um, I, the day I decided I might want to do that, I saw a shirt and it had 13 moons on it. <laughs> and the name of the brand was Synergy. That's for the people who didn't follow that. That's 13 moons is the ranch we stayed at. And that was just another synchronicity that Dan was deriving infinite meaning from.
thanks for letting me speak pretty frankly or like (laughs) otherwise i wouldn't be this direct with you i don't think yeah i'm enjoying our communication for sure which is what's interesting i was thinking about this too like part of me not wanting to do the podcast like what was i freaking out about because really my time with you and i think you are somebody who you know that's like what you do is get people to be themselves and i was like and i've found it's really hard to be myself in your presence and like very few other people if i said like Dan, I'm going to go in this other room and do some breathing exercises right now (laughs) when like maybe it's dinner time or whatever would, and you're like, cool, like whatever. And it is. And the more I try to like practice that weird stuff on other people in my life, it's, I'm like, I'm shocked that they care what I'm doing so much. Like if it were dinner time and I'm like not hungry, not feeling, and I want to go somewhere else and do (laughs) like breath work and just meditate and get back to feeling like me. Like it can surprisingly often become like an issue. So uh, yeah, so there's weird. definitely I, I'm I'm having an like I, I ex- receiving maybe contradictory, maybe paradoxical messages. Like I thought I heard you saying it's very hard for you to be your, yourself around me, mm-hmm. but then I thought I heard you saying that how it's like surprisingly just so easy for you to be yourself around. Me. Well, it, it's I think I had to do like it was good that I did some like meditating before and and just kind of centered myself. And I don't know what exactly I was doing, like the process, but allowed me and the fact that this podcast will never have a listener. Like those two things helped me like just break through like a little level of self-censorship. And once you say one thing, that's kind of like (laughs) off the wall, then you can, you can keep going easier. And we say you, are you talking about me? I believe that might apply to you too. Oh, but you were saying that as you. Right, like, I was saying that as me. Uh, you, okay. <laughs> I, so, I would imagine it's a similar experience with other people. Um. Well, I had to take a note about this. It had never have a listener. First of all, it has many listeners <laughs> right now. Yeah, I think it's. I think this one's probably going up. Oh, Raya. Yeah, we have me, you, Araya. Do you think anyone else is listening to this right now? I don't know. I mean, no. Literally, realistically, no. I was for a moment to say like maybe Emily's like, she probably she knew that this was a possibility of happening doing a podcast, and so like maybe she's thinking about us doing a podcast right now. Oh, so you think like her by thinking about it is kind of like her listening to it? Well, I, or I was just going along with. Well, like for, what about my phone? Don't you do you think this is not? Oh, the phone's definitely listening. Okay, then how many people are that? Is that being broadcasted to? That depends if it is ever deemed a level of national security. <laughs> Yeah, I mean they just hoard it all, and then if if they need it, they'll have like some algorithm to find it really exactly. quick in their massive library, and then great way to put it, shoot it out. Great way to put it. So yeah, that yeah. So I just want to make a note that even though you said that, like <laughs> I thought that was that was like, it was like um, it was very cute in the sense it was like reassuring that <laughs> your rationalization <laughs> of how to potentially for you to break through fears in the future and anyone else that's listening, just like a new strategy of like this idea that no one's listening <laughs> yeah and i also get to be myself I'm like well th- there are people i know <laughs> and maybe many maybe it all maybe. depends it all depends it's, I, it's probably mo- oftentimes could be when you think people when one thinks people i'm not going to you when people when one thinks people are listening they're they might not be and when you think they're not they really might be. 
I've kind of tried with my experiment with my own like predictions of future outcomes to like to know that because I'm guessing it one way it, to actually look for the opposite outcome as what will maybe be happening. The connection was a little vague for me, but I well, like it. Then it's vague. <laughs> <laughs> I like it though. I like both ideas. I'm just like, was there a rainbow bridge there or not? Yeah. Can you live with rainbows? <laughs> Everything's a rainbow. Um, by that mean you mean because you can't see the end of it? Isn't that the thing with rainbows? Is you never see where it's I've heard that as well. Yeah, because I've actually tried to go. <laughs> I've tried to go to the rainbow. Of course, you did <laughs> many times. <laughs> and it's like it just keeps like going, man. Right. <laughs> it's like the dog chasing its. I usually do these uh, between forty-four minutes and an hour and eleven minutes. Do you have a guess of where we're at right now? Um, that was usually my old creative constraint. I feel like I'm in a new season, so I don't know what I'm doing in right now, and I'm just talking about it. I would it. guess. I actually, I think I have a pretty good sense of time. Oh, and great. How much time has elapsed? Oh, yes. Because I, I have to with getting to work on time and like knowing like the train, how long it takes me to walk, and all that. So yes, yes. I would guess we've been going for 54 minutes. One hour and three minutes. Dope. And for someone that's good in time, which I don't doubt. I like that. Maybe we we could convince yourself that you bent time <laughs> through this experience. What do you mean? Like you bent your understanding of time. It's like maybe maybe you'll question time more than usual because of this oh, experience. Oh, maybe. Which would be a um, I feel like part of my dharma too. Getting people to question time. And space, including myself. Yes. <laughs> For sure. For sure. I trust those questions are fun. Not all not all rainbows and unicorns. There might be some bears and wolves and moose along the way. But to definitely stay curious. <laughs> um I definitely thought about like a pot I I've invited you to do this many times. Cause mm -hmm. I think I've had a tendency one of my other ways if we're gonna do like a light and shadow side of this red book of life. I think I've had a tendency to be a, a be able to do amazing things quickly, relatively, but also like feel like the guilty about them. Oh, what do you mean? I don't know. I don't know. Like when something succeeds, yeah. you yeah. In the book, like um, I I I've had a guilt about like did we properly credit you based right. on like all the string of things. And I definitely have a judgment too that I'm like, I don't know what Sam wants with the credit. I like, even in this podcast, I'm like, bro, I don't even know. He doesn't want to be on video. He wants this to be deleted. I'm like, how the freak am I supposed I know. to know? So I rationalize that. But I also have felt guilty about that. Yeah. I think I remember hearing you say that some at some point too. There's mystique there. There is. There is. Or a lot of. What I, I think, what I think I want is like, if everyone listened to this podcast and that that read the book, especially when they like thank me for writing the book, and like I would want them to listen to or understand this not so ghost writer, this like this guy that like, I want to give credit to, but then it's like I, at one point when I was calling. Long story short, let me see if I can explain this. I do want to include this in this podcast for myself, whatever, whatever happens. Okay, brevity is there. You go, perfect. <laughs> That I believe the way it worked was we spent a month together doing recordings and getting a backbone and you were sending samples and I was 
change this, change that, change this, change this. And it was like off audio notes. And then about a year and a half or a year of voice notes and then edits back and forth, we created the book. And when I called you the not-so-ghostwriter, I, I didn't write much. Like, I didn't type or write much. It was literally, like, you're really good at what you do. And I think we have a really unique synergy. And there was, like, a lot of it. I, it's not the way I would recommend people writing a book if they were as picky as me because I was so, I would say I was quite picky. I'm like, no, nah, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I didn't yeah. say that. Did you listen to that? Like, I remember, I think I remember myself saying, I didn't say that. Did you listen to the audio note? And then there was sometimes you, there was things in there like, did I say that? Because that's really good. <laughs> That's, so That's what I think I want to say right there. Yeah. There was times that I was like, no, I did not say that. And it was like, is this too much? So <laughs> like, I sprinkled some Yeah, things. like, is this too much? Or is this like, and then there was times like, did I say that? Because that's good. Because you liked it. Yeah. yeah. And That's funny. And then I, I honestly became mixed up. Yeah. I actually, I'm like, I don't know if I said that or not. And then I'm like, but I do know I am the one that's saying yes or no to everything that goes public. Uh-huh. And I was like, man, this is a huge-ass responsibility, <laughs> which yeah. it was, especially because multiple people were involved. And it still is. And here we are still doing it. Mm-hmm. And um, I definitely – like I've heard about authors. It seems pretty common, like someone just writes a book under someone else's name. And well, like, not authors, but like, like the ghost writers. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, this is not that. This is not a ghost writer. Mm-hmm. So I was like, not so ghost writer is like – We also coined that because part of the like – earlier chapters was rad, was radical honesty and so yeah yeah because there was a part where you're like this is not daniel this is actually sam it's 9 a.m in the morning daniel's sleeping doing oh that. did that make it in the final no cut? no that okay. didn't that didn't because yeah. yeah, our the final editor in a way deborah she was like this is like kind of lying like if you say he's your not so ghost writer people are gonna think you didn't write this book and you did oh yeah and she's like she's like this is i more. thought she took that a little too seriously i and she may have but yeah, that's why I'm wondering. I'm like wondering that yeah. out loud right now. But her overall contribution was like a breath of fresh air. <laughs> yes. Like I was so glad when she came in to help and she did so much to help. Yeah. And she like basically was, and, and then I let go. Cause I was like, Daniel, mm-hmm. you, this book is all about honesty. Like you can feel dishonest because yeah. otherwise you would be dogmatic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. I don't know what to do. Like, if saying this is dishonest, like if I'm making, and then I talked to you about it, and then you were kind of like with this podcast, like I don't know, like no, that sounds good. That's how I remember it. When? Like about when I when I was when I was wondering what to how to credit you, how mm. to credit each other. It just seemed like it was all so like whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like I'm- I don't know if this podcast is going live. Oh no! Do you? I actually, I'm all right with it. I think. What, what the heck? We did it. <laughs> okay, good, good. There we go. We're getting somewhere. This podcast. Like, this podcast includes Samuel Poppy, Samuel's consent, and his Damn. and his visibility. That means someone could look you up. They wouldn't find anything. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's true. I doubt it. Oh well, the book is you, like for sure. I would say some of your voice notes, your voice notes came in with varying levels of clarity. <laughs> some of them were like right there, like on point, done. And then others, I was like, what? How am I, like, I going to put this together? But that was the process. Then like I would do the best I could, send it, 
and then you would fix what was like going wrong with it and then we would go on a different path and I would try to put the ideas together in different another way until we got to something that was accurate representation of what you were going after and I think that I so want to honor that like that's one thing I want to say about this podcast like at this point in my life when you were sending me these writing samples and I'm like (laughs) I like it's time for me to produce a book. That's that's what it was obvious in my life, and I was like, "But there's no way I'm gonna sit down and write a book." I'm like, "How's that gonna happen?" Yeah. I just like started asking that question, like, "How's it gonna happen if I'm not gonna write the book? How's the book gonna happen?" And then you like, I'm like, and then this happened. Yeah, this happened by me asking that question. I think that had a part of it. I was at least attuned to what mm-hmm. was ha- like this. This is the answer to my. This is a potential answer to my question, and we took action on it. And what a great experience for me! Yeah. I, I I trust. Obviously, you're here, so I think you feel the same way. It's, but yeah. it's like whoa, what a cool. Then my message in that is like anyone that's listening, if you have a dream and you think like there's like one thing stopping you, there's someone else dreaming up that partnering on that step with you. Yeah, it that, could be. And that's how I feel about our relationship. Yeah. And in terms of credit and all that, like, I think I'm, I'm so not even interested in that. I'm I'm going for more of like a lifelong relationship. Meaning with me? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I actually, but I, I want to do it in the best way possible. And, yeah. and you know, we, anyways, without like I've heard about other, other like effective partnerships, how, you know, like I forgot, there's a couple, like maybe a, a duo I'm thinking of where like, details were never hashed out contractually because the two parties weren't like it wasn't a keeping a scorecard type of thing it was working towards ideas and goals together that sounds like a fun uh contract yeah like a fun loose creative constraint rather than so rigid and i've made yeah i'm I'm making my creative constraints colorado now and here i am with yep. you and it seems like you're stoked in Colorado. I I, I am That's a good nice. tour guide. I was thinking like I yeah. could take people on this week. You, you were suggesting the idea of me and Deanna having dinner together with people, which I think is a great idea. And <laughs> maybe this time it's not the best time to market down. it. Uh, but I also think what we did, like there's more. There's much more. Like if our whole, if you're like, if you were someone that was just like looking for the best adventure as fast as possible all in one day, there are so many things. Oh yeah, they should call you. Like there are so many things. I just kind of took you what was in the flow of like the best of the best for our flow. Mm-hmm. There is like, man, this place is nuts. Yeah, it's very gold. Nice. Ru- it's a gold rush of like it's the new gold rush. If if you if people are into, and that's not only in Colorado. That's in so many mountain towns. Like now the internet's pretty much going everywhere. You don't have to live in chicago <laughs> and, and and you might want to live in chicago depending on your con- context yeah. but i think a lot of people are in cities big cities and they feel right. stuck there and it's like it's actually really easy you push a few buttons and mm-hmm. then you just follow a few synchronicities and then boom. but then there's you know jobs and having some people do like to know that there's yeah. going to be income yep yep yeah and there uh, is many breakthroughs someone might have in that experience and maybe ones that your parents would yeah. not recommend Cause I'm so curious how some of the people who who live in some of these pristine places, like that we see, like th- making their money elsewhere. Because I just don't know where I would, or where sometimes it's hard to move from. It. Like cities do pay, but it's kind of you know it's golden handcuffs. Golden handcuffs. David Gonzalez episode number. I don't know. <laughs> we talk about that metaphor deep. Yeah, that's a big metaphor. 
Yeah, and I'm I'm like I'm in a place right now in the metaphor. In the metaphor, I'm like I'm open. Like if your handcuffs are loose enough and yeah. can I get my arms all the way behind my back and are they like gold, diamond, platinum? <laughs> like I'm is it in Colorado? Is it near Boulder? I'm considering it. I didn't follow that. Like you saying that you have handcuffs on? No, no. I'm like I'm more than oh. ever open for the idea of trying some on for fun. Oh yeah, I and think, the metaphor of the golden metaphor. I think your empathy bubble's gonna get bigger. <laughs> yeah, empathy has been expanded. Yeah, empathy, empathy, and all kinds of ideas have been expanded and constrained. There's a unique. Yeah, I think I've never lived. I've never. Uh, first of all, I've never intended on living in such a seasonal place that has all seasons truly mm -hmm. and i um now that I've, I've been in an endless summer for about a decade and now that i've like kind of chosen to in, experience seasons i feel like i'm ex i've experienced them so far personally very much so like the falling like i'm literally losing weight yeah things are just falling away that was like whoa <laughs> and i'm still here and now i'm excited to see what this Winter, stillness, silence, creativity, geysers, rings for the spring, because I'm still here. And the rebirthing is going to be, man, after after such a falling, I'm excited to see this rebirthing. And I'm talking about all of us. I feel like these are metaphors we can live by. <laughs> I feel like that was a lot of brands coming at me. A lot of brands? Yeah, like the, like rebirth. And then <laughs> what's the brand rebirth? No, that's maybe going overboard on <laughs> and like coaching type stuff. Because I, I don't know what you're going through. And I don't know what's happening. You don't? No. I feel like I just told you for like eight hours. Oh, man. no. Like, yeah, no, I know. But like what the – it's like the, there's a Zen story something about a father-son gets sent off to war and somebody says, oh, that's too bad. And he says, so like the father says, maybe. And then the story just continues and every like presumed bad outcome ends up – later on having a good yeah. effect. So the whole thing is just maybe. And that's what you rebirthing, mean when you maybe. say you don't know. Yeah, because it might be rebirthing. It might not. And who knows what, I mean, that's, now we're getting to it, like attached definitions of words, but. Are I'm we just, just, or are you? Oh, no, okay. <laughs> good catch. Man, we're, so we're past the hour and 11 minutes. We're an hour and 16 minutes in. It is approaching the 9 o'clock time. I know you got a flight super early. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to include in this? No, I think I'm ready. Maybe for some food, actually. Whoa. For dinner. I'll include that. Um, anyone that's any experts, if you're, you don't mind me asking. <laughs> they, they, we, why do I want to bring that up? I want to bring that for some reason because we're talking about the vapor caves. We're talking about all these things. Anyways, that um, experts. No, there's a question that you're going to say. I'll leave it for Mystique. Okay. Unless you want to talk about I it. I mean, that would be real expert. <laughs> yeah. If if that if if any of that transmission you just sent catches lands on anyone, that was very vague. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the most break. If we include everything, this is going to be one of the most breaking normal episodes thus far for sure. Which is I cool. I just hope it doesn't take like a million years for people to see the worth. <laughs> Because I think it is breaking normal, this whole, like, there's lots of stuff you do that's breaking normal, but it takes a long view to appreciate oftentimes. Yeah, my long vision has, out of my vision specifically, my close vision is, like, surgeon level. Oh, really? Like, I bet I can, I don't know if anyone can see better than me close up. 
Yeah. Literally, like if I did an eye test, long vision, I took a vision test recently. I was so, I was like, oh my gosh, am I going to pass this test? Because oh, really? I did not want to go to the, go through the process of that. Like getting glasses? But I passed. Or? The driver test is, it's not 2020, it's like 2040. Oh, gotcha. So I passed pretty easily. And I wondered, is my vision... Do you wear contacts? No, I think I nailed the vision test. I, I, at one point, I did. At one mm-hmm. point, I did. I got prescribed them, and it was when I was taking Adderall and studying in college like a madman, like mm-hmm. reading so much late at night. And then I realized, like, my vision kept getting worse when I was wearing these things. And then I realized by, like, surfing and doing things, like, my, good for my vision, like studying swells from a period, that was good. Mm-hmm. But my long my long vision has never been that clear, and I'm wondering if it's getting clearer than ever by what I'm going through. I I think I've always been so like you, just someone say distracted by synchronicities, mm-hmm. or like just so in the flow, so in the moment, so like do it now. Mm-hmm. And now I catch myself in a state like yeah, in a new state, in a new space, in a new season, and I feel like my long vision might be improving. Yeah, that could be. I do find it fascinating how sometimes our physical symptoms can can reflect or mirror, you know, other. Like, uh, what am I going for? Like your your spiritual or career path, or how what you can learn from thinking about what's going on with your body and how that might affect how you're engaging with reality yeah like what i'm hearing you say is that everything potentially everything someone sees is about themselves i think that's what i was going <laughs> that, for like potentially it could be like every or or someone because everything you someone sees is them is them but i think yeah. it, it's but more i don't i wouldn't to want to live in that trap either though that it all points back at you like i find that to be limiting and yeah i, I mean yeah I, I like the dogma of anti-dogma <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, to make this full circle now, I think I'm ready. Okay. Cause you alluded to like the physical symptom thing. Yeah. Um, basically you, that you're and I've, I've experienced acid reflux before I've experienced acid reflux. So Sam has this thing going on when you seems like you're digesting food. That's a little trippy. It, it causes nauseousness and puking for the last two weeks. Yeah, it's been like three weeks now. Three weeks. Yeah. And mostly eating. I never thought eating. I'd gotten heartburn before. But it sounds like a heartburn, puking. It seems like and... intense for heartburn, like food poisoning-like symptoms. Wow. You know, and, like, and pain. Because I know for myself, acid reflux was always indicative. I, I didn't know it at first. I was taking anti-acids, and I didn't know what mm-hmm. was going on. And then I learned through like the raw veganism and then like cleaning my dad up and like, oh my gosh, I, basically canola oil and other oils like rancid coconut oil, bat, oils that are not f- superior than the conventional ones seem to be the trigger for me. And I was, so I've been talking to Sam about that, but his seems to be a little different. seems to be like uh, kind of more onset recently and I don't know, maybe someone out there is listening. I, I'm, I'm like... One thing that I think me and you have in common are like a pretty large skepticism of getting caught entangled in the normal healthcare system mm-hmm. and also being aware of ourselves. And, yeah. and it sounds like you have something unique going like on. Like I want the normal system in terms of like seeing if deeper things, underlying problems are, are bigger than I, you know, if, if there are underlying serious problems. But I also do believe that you can jump into that too quickly 
versus writing things out and listening to your body and doing feedback type stuff. So you were saying how the physical, like maybe what you're seeing or what you're experiencing reflects your body. Right. What are you experiencing internally and how might that reflect what you're, you're external? I know. I mean, all day I've felt pretty great. All day. Okay. Okay. Great. That, so I love like, that. Yeah. I would say I want to make that a testimony. Like of last night was rough. Like I was like not great at all. So tell us about what these symptoms are and what maybe they are reflecting about your life, if you care to dare, and then we can. Yeah, I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I can even. Well, if I want to go there yet. Like, you don't know. Huh? No, because I, yeah, I'm just got very red, confused. I don't I've got know. Got my red book. <laughs> We could talk about the dream. Oh, did you have anything to say about that? Yeah, I did. Let me see if I can correlate it with this. Wow. <laughs> Rainbow bridges I feel indeed. Like, yeah, I feel like I have some power with this red book in my hand. Okay. Um, and this is the I keep talking about things that are around me when I don't have a camera. This is the We don't have a camera on me, but so you'll have to use your imagination. By you, I mean you. <laughs> so a lot of times when someone uses on me and I don't like it, I'm like, by you, do you mean you? And then that just really changes the game. So your dream, you're in a yard with a bunch of kids. Mm-hmm. Everyone goes in for a cake, a birthday cake. Yeah, it's like whose birthday got, is it? I I think I have to believe it was mine. Probably because was it, was, it was at my house. Oh, it was your house. So it was my house, my your house, kids your backyard. Like when you were a kid with your parents, right? And uh, do you know the first time you had this dream? No, I mean, I'm really young. So the, the, they all went inside, and then the sprinklers went off, or did they? The sprinklers went off, and everyone went, went inside. What was the order of operations on that? No, like I, I don't. The sprinkler wasn't really a focal point. Like we were running through the sprinklers, and then a, an adult came out. I think the sprinkler was still running. Like the kid just got called inside, and I was like part of that. You know, somebody like a, a, a parent comes out and says, "Hey guys, time for cake or whatever." So you mentioned and the then, sprinkler. What was this? Because we were that. just we were outside playing, like running through the sprinkler. Oh, that's what y'all were doing. That's what the kids were doing, playing. Yeah, that's at what the we party. Talk, that's what we talk about on Breaking Your Own Book about kids running through a sprinkler. Do we? Yes. I don't remember that. Yes, yes. About the freedom of a kid running through a sprinkler or someone walking through a creek. Do you? Did you have this dream before breaking normal or after or both? Before or after breaking normal? Yeah, or both. No, no it was a, I was a kid. Like the dream, I had this dream as a kid. Oh, and you just remember it. Yeah, I had this dream like when I was four or five years old, like super young. I just remember it. Oh, it's not, a re- I thought you said it might be reoccurring. I wondered if it had reoccurred when I was a kid and oh. that's why I remember it. Okay, so, so it's well, just one you really remember. And then, so right. they all ran in, you're out there by yourself, the fence disappears, a bear comes up to you something like that smells you your eyes are potentially closed yeah and then it, the bear walks what happens at that point bear walks off the bear walks off and then Did that's you? it yeah okay what first of all do you have any interpretation for that no nah. you don't have any interpretation for i don't it? know i mean it sounds like you do no i don't think i do like <laughs> i would i would put it in a book and not know what it means and then just leave it there for just for everyone else to interpret except for you except for you to interpret yeah because i don't know Hmm. It's just interesting. Yeah, it is. To me. So your yard, your home, your yard. I mean, that's got to be significance right there. Probably. Yeah. It's like, what did that represent? At that time when you were had that, when you dreamt that dream, what did the home and the yard mean to you? I don't know. What's interesting is that it came from the neighbors, and the neighbors had a bigger house with a pool. I, 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 another dream involved the neighbors where they had like a dinosaur in their garage, something like that. But I was very aware from an early age that like where my house ranked on the circle of like 
how big and what, you know, uh-huh. the cars my parents drove versus other parents. And then somebody else in the neighborhood, um, you know, I, I feel like early on I got a, a class consciousness. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. No, we're done. Time. <laughs> time. Well, I'm happy we're getting somewhere with that dream. It sounds like we've started. Okay, well then, in that case, because the sprinkler way too long to unravel. Yeah, the sprinkler that could represent a lot. Probably something to do with emotions. Very fascinating that your friends all went inside the home, mm-hmm. and that you stayed outside the home, and then that your yard meshed into the world, or just your neighbor's yard. I don't know. And then from that neighbor's bigger, badder yard comes a bear. bear. And you closing your eyes during the experience? Just being paralyzed, freeze, close the eyes. And maybe it was like the bear, even though, I mean, the bear... The bear, gonna the bear sniffs this. you and like weighs your heart or something or decides your intentions. Like it's a very vulnerable moment. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. It's like I, this could go on forever. This is gonna be fun. I'm gonna get a fun lucky charm. Okay. Imagine if that bear was smelling your courage to break the pattern of your parents of. victimizing themselves to class mm. <laughs> I'll, I'll think about that one that's, that's what the bear I mean, yeah, you put you put the pieces together pretty well which is I'm going to tell you about my dream that. of life I, when I was in Aspen that's how I felt that am I willing to break the pattern of thinking about money or mm-hmm. anything If actually am I willing to break the pattern of thinking about anything <laughs> Like I've learned, and a bear came right up to me during that experience. Wow. <laughs> I, I didn't put the thing together about coming up to you to smell your courage, but now that you said yeah. that about well, that, that so courage, it was directly like... relates to my experience. So that bear literally ran right up. Like I, I, I don't know if I'm making this up. That's how weird it was. But when I was, lift, I heard, I heard the grunts. And I like, yeah, coming. and I'm, my head's in my phone walking across this field. Like, I, I was just so entranced in the summit. I was like, I need, I'm going to catch up on my phone and distract myself, probably. Sure enough, good job, good job, because I'm, my head's in my phone. And I look up, and this bear, it looked like it was coming, r- I saw the cubs first. I look, and, and then this, it looked like it was coming right at me. And then it just pivoted right when I was like, what the fuck? Do you think it had just seen you then? I don't know. Like maybe, maybe it had its yeah, nose maybe, down. It was maybe exactly. That's what that's what I would say. That's what I would say. And, right. and more like, what the fuck? What the fuck? My kid cubs. I'm like, what? This is yeah. And now I kind of feel like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm still here. I'm still here, bear, and everything else. Yeah. And um, there's something there about the Aspen. That's kind of how I feel like Aspen can bring that up in people. Yeah. Like, are you willing to forget everything you thought about culture? That's what it brings up. I think I think it can, yeah. yeah. Especially what your stories are about, like money, wealth, mm. fairness, all that yeah. that you learn from your parents at a very young age. Are you willing to maybe sit out in the yard with your bigger, badder neighbor that doesn't <laughs> care, that they let go of that fear maybe more and sit with that bear? Maybe. I don't know. That's the, that's one of many. It's really your interpretation, but that was a fun mm-hmm. one that, that I interpreted for myself in my bear experience. It was a waking dream. Thanks for doing that.
Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for doing this. <laughs> Hour and a half record breakthrough. Maybe there was there was a couple that went over. That I don't know if this is the longest one or not. Yeah. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Dan. Thank you for breaking normal too. My pleasure. This boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society. <laughs>